Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying Season 10 so far. If you're new here or if you've been enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as it's the simplest way to help out the show. Or just find me on social media and tell all your friends about it. This week, I'm joined by two-time award-winning sex-positive, queer, and neurodivergent content creator, Cassie Ratray. She hosts the podcast From Tops to Bottoms with her bestie, where they talk about sex, queer life, and feminism. Cassie is an accredited sex educator who prides herself on her honest, inclusive, consent-focused RSE. She is a feminist activist who admittedly spends a lot of time being angry at the world, but aside from the rage, Cassie is heavily involved in her local kink scene, is a big Liverpool fan and loves a thriller novel. In this episode, we'll be discussing defining bisexuality, coming to terms with bisexuality, Cassie's experiences dating as a bi person, navigating sexuality in everyday life, how we can make sex ed more inclusive, myths and tropes in the media about bi people and so much more. Hello, Cassie. Hi. How are you? I am really good, thank you. Really happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and have a great little chat after our speed date question round, which is up first. So my first question for you is, what is your favourite pop culture moment? Oh, um... I'm like a pop culture whore, if you will. I do love <laughs> pop culture. So this is quite difficult, but I would have to say timeless one. Yeah. Um, probably, you know, that scene in Big Brother when um, David's dead. David's yep. dead. I love <laughs> that. That just, that is, <sighs> that will never die. Like, if no one knows what that is, basically David Bowie died and his ex-wife was told on the show. And, um... <sighs> She was obviously like distraught, and then <laughs> someone who was it that came up to her? It's Tiffany Pollard. <laughs> Tiffany, and yeah, and then he's like, "David's dead. You can't tell anyone." She's going, "Oh my god, David's dead. David's dead." And David in the house is who she thinks is dead. Yeah. I literally showed this to my Irish housemates the other day because they're like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And watching their face for the first time, it was like this awakening where they're like, "This is yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life." I was like, "I." can't believe you haven't seen it do you know what there's another big brother one that i love and it's on indian big brother and it's when pooja kicks this bucket and then she's like the other girl's like pick it up and she's like you want to pick it up you pick it up (laughs) she's like you want to fight you're asking for it you're dying for it get off my back and then start smashing this broom and everyone in the room is like Pooja what is this behavior like you can't behave this way it's so please look it up after this and if you're listening please look it up because it is so so funny it's iconic (laughs) why aren't I watching that oh my god sounding iconic I know I can't wait for Big Brother in October to come back in the UK I'm actually moving home to Australia end of October 2023 if you're listening that's a pretty big life update but I'm going to be watching Big Brother 5am with my jet lag, yeah. sitting in bed on my phone. I'm going to have to get a little VPN. I don't even know how I'm yeah. going to watch it, but I'm going to bloody persevere and figure yeah. out how. Find a way. I know, <laughs> honestly. Oh, and my next question is, what is your greatest achievement? Uh, my greatest achievement? Gosh, that is like such a big question. It's all encompassing, um, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like so, so huge. I think like work-wise, yeah. I think it would either be... Um, winning the award for Michael Influencer of the Year with Brooke. 
That's because, so cool. Yeah, Brooke holds such like a dear place in my heart. It's a sexual yeah. health charity. Yeah. So winning that award was like huge. And then probably being nominated for the LCR Pride Award for Young Person of the Year. Um, that was gorge. That was like really shocking, actually. Yeah. And then non-work-wise, because I do feel like all achievements shouldn't be work-wise, should they? I feel like um, just like still being here, still like pushing on. Like I yeah. feel like life's really shit and really hard for so many people. Like, yeah. We've all been through COVID. Like we've all been through our personal trauma. So I think it's a pretty big achievement that like I'm still standing, bitch. <laughs> and smashing it. It's so That's true. Cool. And I feel like so many people focus on work achievements as like milestones mm. throughout their life. But then I guess it's even like health things, like when you overcome certain things. And this is something I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast because I just want to tell as many people as possible is that for a year, like for the last year, I've had hives every day. I went to hospital twice at the end of last year oh, with an no. allergic reaction to something. And the doctors were like, you've just got chronic hives. You're allergic to something. We don't know what it is, but you'll be fine. Had to take eight antihistamines a day. Then I oh saw I saw a TikTok a month ago about how people are getting allergic to their acrylics and their gel ah. nails. I got them off. I went to get them done with a friend. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to see. Got my gel polish off my toes and my hands taken off. And now I haven't had hives in a month. And I was fully allergic Shut to off. my own acrylic nails and my own shellac toes. How crazy is that? Pop off TikTok. I know. TikTok. And I literally, after that, I went and like looked up all these articles and I was like <sighs> deep in these research studies. It's this ingredient called methacrylate or HEMA, H-E-M-A, if you're listening. Wow. I swear to God, if you've had hives, I just want to, I want to like make a TikTok that goes viral and everyone hears about this because apparently 2.4 people, percent of people are allergic to methacrylate, which is in their nails. So if there's, wow. yeah. And it comes from like, cause I had acrylic nails for probably three years, nonstop, no breaks. And then constant exposure to that chemical, you can just get fully allergic. And I was hospitalized. Like I, like my whole body swelled up. The ambulance was like, you're going to go into anaphylactic shock. Like it was crazy, Cassie. Oh like, my God, I'm gagged. What the fuck? My own nails. And now I see TikToks of like girls with their nice nails and they're like, they're like, you know, French tips and that, which I, I, I'm a nail girly and now I've got these little hot, hot dog nails, but I'm like, (laughs) I love you. I love you. My clean little nails. And I'm just, I'm like, that is a fucking huge milestone for me because the doctors were like to me, you're going to have this for probably one to five years, maybe more. And if I had kept getting the nails, I would have never have found out. So I'm like that for me. Biggest achievement is figuring yeah, out my own shit and getting my when nails off. Just couldn't. I know. Wow. And I've, I've been to immunologists, dermatologists, allergy specialists, like every doctor, like private everything. And they're like, we have no idea what it is. And it's just fully my nails. So Maddie, crazy. That is literally wild. I know. So congrats to that. I know. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. So crazy. So yeah, I think it's great that you've picked a non-work one because that's my non-work one for today <laughs> love that for us love i that. know and i'd love if you could tell me all about your platform radical love because it's such an incredible platform and it sort of leads into your podcast from tops to bottoms as well if you want to touch on that too um it's why i've asked you to come on the podcast i feel like it's such a great fit for mads world so yeah just tell me everything from how it started to how it's going so it started um, at just at the start of lockdown, uh, as a lot of people's projects did, I guess. Same um, with Mads World. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone I speak to in like in like this industry, they're like, so lockdown, I'm like, oh, girly, same. Yeah. Um, but funny story, really, my platform, Radical Love, it kind of began like from an orgasm. And like, I know that's like the craziest thing, <laughs> but like I'd always been a feminist, but I don't think I'd ever really like put a huge label on it or it wasn't a huge part of my life I was always like having those conversations but not as deep as I do like I do now um but I think I was maybe 21 I think and I hadn't had an orgasm and you hear about these things like that you see orgasms on tv and, and in porn and people talking about them and I was like I am determined to do this one day I was like I'm just going to continue wanking and see what happens <laughs> and then something did happen and I was like whoa yeah what the fuck was that and it was an orgasm <laughs> like is this is this what they were talking about <laughs> yeah and I was like holy shit like mm-hmm. one immediately addicted two <laughs> two I was like oh my god I I, I did that like yeah <laughs> like, this is sounds stupid this is my but, entire personality for the rest yeah. of my life now <laughs> literally I was yeah. like it, it honestly changed my life because I was just like 
I think before then I'd I'd only really been in like heterosexual relationships. Yeah. And like sex was for my partner or like ex-partners in the past. Like I was having sex for them really. It was never for me. I was getting no pleasure out of it. Yeah. Really. It's like for close closeness sometimes. Like sometimes if I'm not even in the mood, it's like you just like it's nice to do for someone else. It's nice to be close. It's like nice to have like skin on skin or cuddling. Yeah. Like it's not always about the sex, but then yeah, yeah. I guess it changed the game when you realize like Absolutely. how it could be. So I was like, this is insane. Like I can do this myself. And it just like gave me like this, this like newfound love for like me and my body. And like, I grew up with like so many body insecurities. Like I was really insecure about like my vulva and like getting into feminism, which that orgasm made me do, I guess. Mm, I just was like, more people need to feel this way. Like I then started reading books and listening to podcasts and like Mm -hmm. completely like opening my world to these new things and then just made my own account and was posting all these things like things about like sexual liberation things about sex education feminism my vulva wanking stuff like that and I just wanted more people especially women and femmes and queer people to to know what I knew you know what I mean like I wanted them to be liberated and love themselves and like feel what I feel all this from a a fucking orgasm (laughs) but like that's how it began yeah Um, and then the podcast um I guess because I was like having all these like conversations and you know we were in lockdown I was living with my parents and they were so sick of me talking about things they were my dad was like can we just have one dinner where you're not talking about like ethical porn or like one dinner where you're not like talking about beauty standards oh my god have you seen that tiktok where it's she says something and then the guy's like i just want you to stop saying odd shit (laughs) my dad my dad so accurate Actually, um it's so funny I'm I'll send you it that. it's funny um but yeah that was my dad my and my mom they were just like my mom speaks very fondly of it now she's like I loved watching you grow like that but my dad mm. was like oh, just give me one minute like shut up yeah um so I was like facetiming Sam who is like my best friend we lived in China together wow uh, and then when I, I moved home to do my nursing degree and uh, Sam stayed there. So she's still in China. So we were FaceTiming all the time because we were in lockdown and we were having these conversations together and maybe a little bit big headed and narcissistic of us, but we were like, these are brilliant conversations. People <laughs> need to be hearing this. Like, we are yeah. smart. Yeah, I love that. And men do it all the time. So why yeah. not? <laughs> Literally, like, and men like chat shit. At least we like, make sense and yeah. like help people. <laughs> yeah. So we just decided that we were going to create a podcast and took us a while to think of a name, but mm-hmm. we thought from tops to bottoms was like perfect, like mm-hmm. such a gay name. Yeah. Um, and then we just started talking about like sex, feminism, uh, like our mental health. We've done episodes on um, ethical porn, BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a gorgeous friend of ours who's a sex worker come on and we've had authors come on. And do you know what? It's taken us like great places and I absolutely love the podcast and it's helped me grow and I know that it's helped other people grow I met um I was in OMG the other day yeah and um some girl came up to me and she's like oh my god are you radical love and I was like oh my god yeah oh, that's so she, exciting and how she good was like, and I've had it a few times before but this was different because she was like I have listened to the podcast for years and <sighs> she took me to the bar bless her to buy me a drink and she was like and um, she knew my cat's name. What? She was like, yeah, she was like referencing episodes. Oh, and like, it was so, so nice. Cool. And she was like, she was like, um, like holding my arm. And she was like, you have taught me so much. And like, girlie, you're going to get me crying oh, in the court. Oh, that's like. so nice. <laughs> and I went home and I was like, we've helped people. And like, like going back to what I said before, mm. like, I just wanted people to feel the way I felt. It was yeah. nice to know that like, well, actually we, we did achieve that. And like, we, mm. we also won Michael Influencer of the Year. Um, like two three years ago I think mm-hmm. um, and like I don't know it was just nice to know that like we set out with a goal and we reached that goal while still really enjoying it and like really loving what we're doing it's so nice that you can connect with your friend as well while she's living in China she's still in China now yeah she's yeah. actually just come back for three weeks oh my god um, you must yeah. be buzzing literally crazy well when that girl came up to me in OMG I was like 
um, you will be excited then. Sam is home in two <gasps> oh. weeks. And she was like, shut up. And I was like, yes. Oh, that's so lovely. And it's brought you here to Matt's World too, which it is has. so exciting. And yeah. I'm so glad we've connected. Um, Yeah, that's also brilliant. And yeah, I'm so proud of everything you've achieved. That's just incredible. And yeah, I hope you have the best three weeks as well with um Sam. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I literally can't wait to see you. Yeah. And um, my final question for this round is... Tell me your funniest date story. Oh, gosh, I have many. Um, oh, I think uh, I was thinking about this last night. Like, mm-hmm. which date story do I tell? Yeah. Um, and I was texting my friend about it and she was like, why Why is this even a question? You need to say this one. Yeah. So I went on a date with this guy. I will not say his name, but he was asking me to go on a date for forever. Mm-hmm. For the whole time that I knew him, I, I met him when I was in a relationship mm-hmm. um, and he was always very flirty. And then afterwards, when we broke up, he was like, please let me take you on a date. Kept saying no. And then he kept persisting. These yeah. days I'd probably be a bit more like, fuck off. Leave me alone. But, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. this was five years ago, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, like, let's go on this date. Like you seem like a, a nice person. I was just heartbroken when I was saying that. Yeah. So we went to the cinema. I bizarrely went to the cinema twice that week on two dates, both to see the Joker. Why men? I mean, <laughs> you went twice? <laughs> and no. why wrong with me? Like, well, I did try and say to this other guy, like, oh, how about this film? He was like, uh, if we're going to cinema, we're going to see the Joker. And I was like, I've fucking already seen it. <laughs> I, I, I'm anti going to cinema on first dates anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's just such a stupid first date. Um, but anyway, back to this date. So I'd already been to see the Joker at this point. We sat down, we were having like a a great conversation-ish, I guess, before (laughs) the film started. And then the film, before the film starts, like the credits about to end, he's like, oh, I'm going to open my food now because I don't want it to be loud when it came on. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Like, open your crisps or whatever now. This man pulls out a fucking tinfoil packet. What? Yeah. A fucking tinfoil packet opens it What's in and there? it's like a salmon and avocado what? sandwich no from home from home it's like salmon <laughs> avocado and like sour cream and he was so <laughs> proud of this butty and he was telling me that he'd made it and he bought the salmon from fucking m&s and i was like bro it fucking hums like it stinks <laughs> and also like where's mine like Look, you just brought one for yourself like <laughs> what <laughs> respectfully i would have declined it but, yeah, but excuse like, the fuck out of you where's my buffy where's mine and like the thing like for me the cinema half of it is going and paying 13 great british pounds for a popcorn and a little tango blast yeah and when i say little i mean fucking huge yeah i want the biggest popcorn the and the biggest drink and i will not eat all of it and i will not drink all of it but i don't care so true it's part of it like mm. i don't want to bring my food from home like when people say to me <laughs> this is so sounds so dumb but like people are like let's go to sainsbury's and get popcorn or snacks before the movie i'm like i want to buy them there like that's i would rather die okay yeah, like, <laughs> yucky popcorn from saying but i had bought popcorn like yeah. i had gone because that's just what you do like <laughs> hello i'm i'm a normal person yeah and i was like oh do you want anything and he was like oh no i'm good and i was like okay <laughs> i thought he just like wasn't hungry or whatever but it's no he'd got this tinfoil fucking sandwich out <laughs> so i was like I'm going to try my best not to judge you because this is fucking horrific. Yeah. And um, so I was like, and I hate fish. Oh, hate, yeah, that makes I, it I, so much worse. I literally can't. I'll eat anything but fish. So yeah. the film begins. Oh. I shit you not, mate. Like, <laughs> it was like the film hadn't even, the film wasn't on. He was like, so anyway, how have you been lately? What? <laughs> You're like, it's on. Oh, and I was like, oh, mate. I don't even know this, but like the movie started. The film started, thing. I was like, shut your mouth on the screen, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been really good. Really looking forward to this film. Yeah, looking forward to watching it and engaging with it, and not listening to you talk. Literally, <laughs> even though I'd seen it twenty four hours prior, I still wanted to see it again. Yeah, it's, it's a double up. Like you can do that back to back because there's a lot of there's a lot going on. Like yeah. so stressful movie. Think- well, you shut your mouth. And then he just kept being like, oh, yeah, so I was in work the other day. And, you know, um, Rachel, because I knew people that he worked with, you know, Rachel, oh, she's been going through this. And I was like, 
What? You're right. going to shut. You're going to have to shut up now. Like <laughs> this is embarrassing. And people like, who do that on the couch, like that's annoying. Uh, people who do it in a movie where I've paid my thirteen pounds for my popcorn and my Tango Blast, and I paid to see a piece of cinema. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, first of all, <sighs> the smell. Second of all, the noise. Third of all you're a man I'm gonna lose my rag like this is this is too much for me to handle yeah so I said to me in the end I was like I made a joke of it and I was like oh my god like babe you're gonna have to show up people are gonna be like complaining about us you're like you're like chit-chatting away and he's like ha 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 oh. it lasted all of 60 seconds and this man so anyway and I was like oh shut up god. shut up right now oh people are so unaware I just can't deal it's like yeah, maybe it was his first movie date. Do you know what? Movie dates, and I do feel for him because he probably wanted to chat and, like, mm. hang out and talk and get mm. to know you and stuff, but a movie date is just not the one for a first date. Like, that's, like, boyfriend date. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. go for a drink, go for a walk, go for a coffee, anything, yeah. but, like, something where you can, like, actually get to know each other. But the cinema, it's like, I paid to watch this film and I will not be speaking or listening to you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> what, the minute we walked out, because he was talking with his little salmon breath, oh. and when we left, no. We left and he's like, oh, do you fancy going for a drink? And I was like, no. I don't know how you got more conversation in you, babe, because you were yeah. chatting for that whole fucking two-hour film. <laughs> what more could you have to say? So I was like, sorry, mate, I'm going home. I can't be fucking arse with this. I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm going to go sit in <laughs> silence and stare at the wall, please. No, literally. I'm going to go watch The Joker again. And yeah. <laughs> I'm overstimulated. I need to watch my new comfort film. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much for doing this speed date question round. And I've asked you to come on the podcast to chat all about bisexuality because because bisexuality and just getting in, getting deep on it and speaking about um, concepts like sex education and bi erasure and, and so many different topics is something that I haven't done as much on the podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to chat with you about that. But to start us off, what is your own personal definition of bisexuality? Because I think some people find it a challenge to, and I have found this a challenge as well in the past to differentiate it from pansexuality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just love to know when we're speaking about all these themes, what's your personal definition of bisexuality? So I knew it was going to be asked so I, I did, really did have a think about like, what would be my my personal one? Um, so I, I wrote down that I think my definition is like the ability to be physically, emotionally and sexually attracted to more than one gender. So for me, like I have the ability to be attracted or to fall in love with or to be intimate or sleep with any but more than one gender. So it could be two genders, it could be three genders, it could be um the opposite um, the opposite sex and a non-binary person, I guess. Um but pansexuality there is a lot of discourse surrounding bisexuality and pansexuality sometimes it can be quite aggressive online not from anyone's side but people just get quite heated about it but I would say my definition of pansexuality is attraction to all um, sorry attraction to anyone regardless of gender sex or gender expression and there's no preference whereas people with people who are bisexual can often have a preference so um, I have a friend who is bisexual and she does have a preference for women. Okay. And whereas a lot of pansexual people, there, there is no preference. They just have attraction to anyone regardless of gender, sex or gender expression. That's not to say that they're attracted to anyone they meet. They just have the ability to. Okay. And how did you come to terms with your own bisexuality and what was your journey like there? It was quite difficult for me. Um, I think people just assume that it's not difficult for bisexual people because well, it's biphobia. They think that like it's not as big as coming out as gay or big as coming out as lesbian. Um, but it was difficult because I um, I knew that the people around me wouldn't believe me. Um, I had a friend and she came out as bi, and my other best friend just just ripped her to shreds and said that it was it was for attention. She wanted boys to find her attractive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when I eventually came out, I kind of got that from my mom. She didn't necessarily say it was for attention, but she just, it was very much, this is a phase, blah, blah, blah. And she outright said that she didn't believe me. Um, I was head over heels in love with this girly. And not sure I was in love with her, but I would ask any like queer woman and your first relationship or like feelings for another woman, the heartbreak after is just crazy. And I took the morning off work because I was really like heartbroken. And my mom came in the room and she was like, are you okay? And I explained to her and she just, rather than comforting me going through a heartbreak, she just focused solely that it was a woman. And she was like, I don't get it, Cass, because 
you know, you, you've always dated men and my mum's quite like a, she'll make things jokey. She's like, but you like Willie? And I was like, but girly, like that's the definition of bisexuality. Like I do like Willie, yeah, but I also like pussy. Like that's the point of it, you know what I mean? And then for anyone listening who doesn't know, what would you regard biphobia as? Because obviously the idea that people don't believe in it could be encompassed in that or that people believe that, you know, it's an, a, a way to for straight women to get attention from men or to come across as the cool girl. Like what sorts of things might present themselves as biphobia? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, biphobia is a lot more common than you would think. I think it's because, again, people don't take bisexual people seriously. But um, biphobia can be bi erasure, which would be we are often not in queer history with either gay people or lesbian people. Um, bisexuals aren't really mentioned. So a lot of our history gets muddled up with um, lesbian history when actually... Mm because there was no like definition at the time they just get muddled up mm. day to day it could just be um like i am currently in a long-term relationship with a woman mm-hmm. um assuming that i'm a lesbian yeah that, that is biphobia because you're just you are raising bisexual people and you're just assuming that it doesn't exist and mm. that be, like my partner is a lesbian but i am bisexual and like and that matters you know and i suppose it's people just making those assumptions and then mm. you know not um not having an idea of the bigger picture and just wanting mm. to label people in boxes that they understand yeah. or that they comprehend, which Absolutely. is just, it's so hurtful for you as well as someone who's mm. gone on the journey of discovering your identity and finding out who you are and, and you know, going yeah. through what is probably similar to like a grieving process in that, you know, you could probably be um, in denial about it. And then you go all through to acceptance and now you're you know you're out and you're you, you've told everyone who you are and then to hear from people to be put in those categories again once you've done all of that work yeah. must be so difficult yeah it, it, it is a pet peeve of mine really like it, I've had a lot of conversations with my mom about it recently and she, she did say recently like I, I did some research and I do get it that like why you get so frustrated and upset when I refer to you as a lesbian and it's not that I am offended about being by being called lesbian I love lesbians I'm dating a lesbian lesbians are great but I'm not a lesbian I am bisexual and it Mm -hmm. took me a while to get to that label and I'm proud of it Mm -hmm. um but I think what you just said there is like so right like people do like to put people in boxes and it's easy for them to understand like we I think that some people while they are you know allies they do rely heavily on monosexism which is uh, monosexuality which is like the idea that you're either gay or you're straight and there's no in between when actually like the, the the queer spectrum is huge like it's vast and people need to be more open to that and because they don't 
people like myself who are bisexual or people who just identify as queer, they are left out of the conversation or mm-hmm. um, just forgotten about. And it is really frustrating. And then you do get shit things said about yeah, and you do get not believed. And and I'm sure it makes a lot of bisexual people reluctant to come out, maybe in a way that is similar to to gay people. And I don't want to make assumptions or anything, but you know, I think some people may feel or assume that bi women or bi men have it easier in some way because you can mask as a straight person and you can, um, what's the word? Like just, like just be in a straight presenting relationship. And then that's other side of your sexuality and identity Mm. isn't something that is completely obvious. So I suppose, Yeah. yeah, like that, that must be a challenge that you come up against with because people might think, oh, you've got it so easy, but it's not really like that. I think that that is such a tricky one. And and I always find it is a great conversation to have straight press and privilege is a thing, but then you do have to take into consideration that like, your identity is is you know being stripped of you yeah so it, it's like a, a double-edged sword you know what I mean I think mm-hmm. that whilst it's brilliant that um someone who is bisexual and doesn't look visibly queer or the things that we would deem queer like if I was to walk down the street in my combats and some Doc Martens um and my short hair and like, tattoos people would probably look at me and be like oh she's queer mm. and they'd be right but like if 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 someone didn't and they just look like your average straight person but they were bisexual would it be a privilege for them to walk down the street without fear of being attacked or receiving abuse yes but then also to have everyone assume you're straight all the time must be incredibly frustrating to having to explain yourself all the time Mm -hmm. and having to like come out again and again and again rather than people Yeah. yeah accepting who you are and what's your experience with dating relationships been like as a bi person um it's been 50 50 and mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I think that, and it's not just been from cis men that the bad experiences have come from. from mm-hmm. So from cis men, it's been a lot of, oh, wow, um, that's interesting. Oh, that's quite sexy. Oh, should we bring a third in? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and that is frustrating. Like my mum, to bring up my mum again, sorry. <laughs> I say like, like that, it must be nice. Like men thinking that that's like yeah attractive and I'm like no that's like sexualizing something very yeah strange to sexualize mm-hmm. um and I'm definitely more than my sexuality yeah and also sexuality is not just about sex either it's yeah. also about love and commitment and you know closeness yeah, yeah, yeah. and people you want to like spend time with and you know romance and all sorts mm. of things like it's not just sex which is yeah, like exactly. I think what people think of when they when they were speaking about sexuality because it also encompasses things like love. Yeah, I feel like a lot of cis men do not think that way though, unfortunately. Um, I totally agree with you, but you're right that the fact that they jump straight to sex is very strange. Um, so there's been that. I've also had a few men sort of um, deny and been like, well, you're with me now, so you're straight, which is just stupid. Uh, but then with, with like cis women, it, I've, I've dated so, like some lesbians or I've like, um, slept with some lesbians that have not wanted to date me or some people haven't even wanted to sleep with me because I'm bisexual. I don't know if you've ever heard of the um, the term gold star lesbian, but it's basically yeah. someone, yeah, someone that um, <clears throat> hasn't like had like P and V sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's not me. Like I mm. sleep with and have slept with lots of different genders, lots of different sexes. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people still like to go by that rule of I won't sleep with anyone unless they're like a gold star lesbian which is just one gross and two like it's quite pathetic and it perpetuates that that myth or that perception that bisexual people are more promiscuous in some way which is just not the case but it's something I guess that's one of the more common stereotypes that is attached to being bisexual but Mm, what what would you say the other um myths about bisexuality are and and how do these myths impact bi people um i would say that another myth that is told all the time and it's also like always in books and on tv and things like that is that it's a stepping stone um yeah 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 i've heard this yeah lesbian or to coming out as gay and for Uh men and for women and again it goes back to what we were saying before about you know people people like to understand things and the closest they can get is okay lesbian and there's no in between they like to put you in boxes so they assume that like this is just like a stepping stone because people are too um scared to come out or like this is just like their way to to start the coming out process but 
again, that invalidates people who are bisexual. Could, could it be a stepping stone for some people? Yes, it could. And like, that's fantastic. And that's brilliant. I think that sexuality is fluid in the same way that gender is fluid. And if you want to try out new labels, you want to try out new pronouns, I think that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, But then to define one label as just a stepping stone is quite insulting because I am bisexual and and this is not a stepping stone for me. Mm. I have been in a relationship for nearly three years with a woman and I still don't believe that I'm a lesbian. Mm -hmm. So I think that that one is is really common and it is frustrating because I think that it affects people, especially when they're closeted, because you, you're you afraid that people aren't going to take you seriously. You, mm. if, if, you know, let's say I was closeted now and then I came out as bisexual. Mm-hmm. I would be worried that people around me would be like, oh, well, OK, in a month she's going to come out with a lesbian then. And then everyone mm. around me would automatically assume that I'm a lesbian. So it, it, it is really frustrating. And do you think the media perpetuates that stereotype? And and what do you think the current state of bi representation is in the media? The me- the media are horrific when it comes to bisexual representation. Like there are there are a thousand um, myths about bisexuality. Like that you know we're slots. Bisexual men don't exist. It's for attention. Um, it's a stepping stone. Things like that. But and and it always seems to be that the media will always play on that. The bisexual girly in the film is. A bit of a slut, and she yeah. gets her tits out, and she's like hooking a up wild with everyone. Girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like your manic pixie dream girl sort of thing. Definitely, like up for anything type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it again, it takes it back to sex mm-hmm. because yeah, it, it always does. Um, so I feel like the representation is always really, really poor. Um, I think that especially bisexual men, there's a lot about it that yeah. they're not existing and that for them they get the stepping stone thing a lot more yeah Um, but there's I'd say there's no bisexual representation for men Mm -hmm. until recently yeah Heartstopper I don't know if you've watched it I've been saving it up for when I'm like really ill or something and I need to smash out a series I've on and I've seen all the clips on TikTok I've seen Olivia Coleman um yeah I'm like buzzing to watch it but I actually can feel a cold coming on so I'm like maybe this is the weekend this is the time this is the time (laughs) well yeah basically that it's not really have you you ever have you started it at all I know the premise yeah okay yeah well this guy who everyone thinks is straight he he comes that was bad but mm-hmm. when he's like dating somebody everyone's like oh I didn't know you were gay yeah and, and he's like, like his line throughout the entire series and second season mm. is I'm bi actually and me and my partner watched it together Ooh. and she just kept looking at me and laughing because it's like the slogan of my life Your like I, life, I, yeah I, I always say like oh I'm actually bi mm-hmm. oh, I'm, oh I'm bi actually and yeah his boyfriend in one of the episodes said um oh Nick's actually bisexual he's not gay and I just started crying because that's what Ashley does for oh. me and I always love that because it's exhausting having to explain yourself mm, all the time yeah so you want it's nice to have someone on your team who's like can yeah. pick up um when you're feeling like you can't be bothered yeah. saying it again yeah absolutely so I think that the representation has always been pretty mm. pretty crap I feel like writers yeah. need to speak to bisexuals writers mm-hmm. need to be bisexuals like have more queer people in the room but from heart stuff like I think that was such a gorgeous like yeah show and a great first step and I'm hoping that people will from that take bisexuality seriously because yeah lots of clips from that did go viral and mm-hmm. I, I really 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 hope that people are going to take bisexuality a bit more seriously and probably in in the gay community as well would you say that you hope that um the gay community outside of bisexual sees that message and then it becomes like would you say that bi erasure and biphobia is prevalent in the gay community oh god yeah I think that um it's quite a like a common misconception that when you come out you've got this gorgeous community waiting for you and and whilst you do and like the community that I'm in is is, is beautiful and like mm-hmm. helped me in, in many ways but it's not it wasn't as cut and dry as that like there's queer phobia from outside the community and within the community mm-hmm. I've had a lot of um you know when I was younger I told someone I was bisexual I was working in Greg's and I told this man I was bisexual mm-hmm. he was a gay man mm-hmm. and he said um oh I thought you were gonna say lesbian you're not sexy enough to be bisexual and oh god <laughs> we could unpack that for hours for hours <laughs> Yeah, um, like what that means for lesbians and what that means for bisexuals. But I was just like, Lord God. And going back to the media side of things as well, I think because a lot of the traditional Western media that we would be used to consuming, like growing up, is probably through a, a, a male gaze lens. 
that's probably why female bisexual women are seen as more sexualized because it's something that men enjoy seeing. And then like you said yeah. before, male bisexual people, there's there's less of that scene. And yeah. and it, and like you said, it is a stepping stone. So it's all kind of through that lens of straight white cis men mm-hmm. that are creating a narrative for what they find comfortable because they're happy to watch women getting it on. They're happy to watch threesomes with two women and a man, but then they're not happy to see, you know, gay or bi men being happy Mm. with another man or even even showing love or just like kissing or closeness or like, you know, getting to know each other. There's actually a movie coming out that I really want to see with Paul Meskell and Andrew Scott um, soon about a gay relationship. And I think it's going to change the game. It looks like utterly brilliant I reckon it's going to win loads of awards but I think yeah the way that cinema and not just cinema but like even like tv programming even just like um even like books like everything is just I think yeah there's an exciting change especially since Barbie this year as well I think Mm. people are wanting to see more media created by women for women and for you know the LGBT community because like mm. the thing is, if it's all men creating it, everyone's still watching it. But it's like there's such a large community that that those messages don't resonate with, and people yeah. don't enjoy it. Like I don't mm. enjoy watching content where I'm like, yeah, if they've got like a a woman behaving in a certain way, and you're like, she would never do that. Like, yeah. you know, like when a woman's yeah. when a woman's lost in the jungle, and she's like, what do we do now? And it's just like, as if a woman would ever say that. A woman knows yeah. what to do at all times. Like. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm an, like an avid reader. Yeah. And I just don't read books from men anymore because it's oh, always like yeah. she grabbed her ample breasts and said, and like, oh, short up. No one's <laughs> grabbing their tit and being like, yeah. fuck me. You know, like, short up. <laughs> I feel like going back to what you said about um, like men mm. writing about bisexuals, and like, I think it is like we are there for their view and pleasure. And like, yeah. It, it's it's all in the name of allyship, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. not allyship if you're not actually taking yeah. bisexuality seriously. And you, you can tell when they're not because, as you mm-hmm. said, they're not writing stories about bisexual men. And that's because it doesn't turn them on. It doesn't. They're not attracted to that. But it does when it's two women. But just being attracted to two women, getting it on, isn't allyship. Yeah. Like, it, you're not a queer ally. In terms of challenging these myths and perceptions and stereotypes we've spoken in the past about sex education and I'd love to know what your own experiences with sex education have been and were when you were growing up um so my sex education was terrible mm-hmm. that is why I do what I do now um I'm an accredited sex educator I go into schools I do things online um and I focus solely on uh queer sex education and consent mm-hmm. they're the two things that I focus on um not just teach about but they, they are the the main things that I focus on and um so my my sex education was it was really shit like it was mm. very much okay boys you go outside and the girlies are going to sit in here and we're going to teach them about periods and pregnancy and then the boys are going to learn about wet dreams and you know and we didn't learn about pleasure. We didn't learn about queer people. Uh-huh. Um, we were taught about STIs in a re- really like like a fear mongering way, which yeah. I always, this is what I say to young people now, even adults, is that the worst thing you can do really is Google uh, gonorrhea, is Google um, syphilis, anything that is going to show you a really horrific image because it's not always, sometimes it is, but it's not always a proper representation of what. Mm-hmm the symptoms of an STI can look like in school they would show you the mm. worst image possible and let's say tomorrow you woke up and you had they, they they weren't quite looking like the warts you've seen but they were they were like little red marks you would go oh well it's not warts because it's not it's it's not the picture that I've seen so I'd always tell people like don't do that um but yeah I think that it was not inclusive at all it wasn't inclusive of like queer people disabled people people of color it just wasn't and how would you if you could have an impact on sex education in schools or just even in adulthood how could you make it more inclusive of bisexual people um first of all I would keep everyone in the same room I really really hate the idea of splitting people up by genders I think that um not everyone fits into this binary idea of man Mm -hmm. woman so Mm -hmm. why we we shouldn't be splitting people up and um, we should be teaching young people from from a young age. And I know people are very anti that, but like as we've said a hundred times in this episode, 
sexuality isn't just about sex. Mm. We should be teaching young people about gay people, about bisexual people, about lesbians. Mm. We, we should be teaching young people about queer people and non-binary yeah. people and trans people. We should be doing that. And about healthy relationships for those people mm. as well, yeah. like the, like how to have a functioning relationship, yeah. things like abuse, things like, you know, mm. red flags to look out for. Like all that yeah. stuff is so important. And it's like, mm. and then it also takes the focus away from just sex because yeah. sex does encompass, at the end of the day, it encompasses relationships. Like everyone yeah. has the capacity to have sex or, you know, pretty much everyone mm. and has, you know, a desire. Most people have a desire to be in a relationship and a healthy relationship and even like have healthy friendships and family relationships like you know I think that's a that's a really important point to make as well that it isn't just to do with sex yeah I think that you're so right it's absolutely not just to do with sex but even in the sex part of it we're kind of left in the dark and I I find that because queer people let's say like let's talk specifically about uh, queer people with vulvas Mm -hmm. you grow up and you want to sleep with someone else who has a vulva and you Mm. don't know how to do that 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 puts you in a very vulnerable vulnerable position Mm -hmm. and I find that that a lot of people I've spoken to have some of their first sexual experiences are bordering on abusive because Mm. they don't know what to expect they don't know how to do this Mm. they don't know anything and that does put you in a vulnerable position so you're right they need we we do need to be talking about healthy relationships we need to be talking Mm. about boundaries we need Mm. to be talking about red flags green flags we need to be talking about queer people and sex and queer people and sdis we don't not just talking about pregnancy and abstinence and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um yeah i think you're totally right we need to delve way deeper into sex education yeah and keeping it like across the board and also even if you know even if there was a gender binary that everyone can find to there's nothing wrong with straight cis men learning about periods because like they probably should know what 50% of the world are dealing with. Like they probably should have a fucking clue what's going on, you know, like there's no reason why. And also that also creates a shame and a stigma around it because Mm -hmm. they've never been exposed to things like that. And that information is brand new and they see it as gross and scary and something that they just, they don't have to be part of, but it's like at the end of the day, you're still dealing with 50% of people in your life that are like, just educate yourself about, human well, beings yeah. you know like I think it's just like it's so uh, important if, let's say you were with a partner and they were diagnosed with bipolar you would read up on bipolar to to to, yeah. to learn about them to get to know them more why aren't we doing that about basic things like don't you want to know yeah that, like if, let's say your partner does have a period don't you want to know how that works don't you want to know like yeah. what they're going through to me it's just like basic mm-hmm. human decency so why we should all be learning the same thing so we can be better humans mm-hmm. we can be better friends better partners and support each mm-hmm. other. I've seen so many videos online of guys going, how do you pee with a tampon in? I'm like, you are a grown-ass man. Oh, my God. Google it. I, I know. I don't know how these people like get up and have a nine-to-five. <laughs> you don't know about know. that, but you can go and do a nine-to-five job and you, you go into your office and... And get paid a certain percentage more than me. Uh, literally. <laughs> the gender wage gap. Yeah. And people think you are better than me and you think that, <laughs> okay, babe, I don't think. <laughs> Oh, God. And we've got time for one more question. And my question would be, what is your advice to someone who might be struggling with bisexuality, myths or stereotypes, or someone who feels like they can't come out because of things like biphobia? Um, I would say a huge, huge, huge bit of advice I would give is to educate yourself on the history of bisexuality. I know that sounds boring and not like the funnest answer possible but I think that it's what really helped me I think that I'm the sort of person like you know seeing that proof and that evidence really solidifies things for me so like if you you get that internalized by phobia and you think like oh maybe I'm not bisexual maybe I am a lesbian and like maybe I am doing this for attention blah, blah, blah. you yeah. learn about bisexual history you'll find some really crazy things like the yeah. first ever um pride march was was created by a woman called Brenda Howard and she was a bisexual woman. And, you know, everyone, not everyone, but... That's awesome. Countries around the world yearly will do a, a pride march and that started from a bisexual woman, which is crazy. Mm. Um, and that you can look at uh, the Bisexual Manifesto, which I think is so cool. Um, mm. That was in a magazine called Anything anything that moves which is hilarious name for a queer magazine uh, and in 19 <laughs> in 1990 I think on the front cover it was like a new sexuality question mark and it was like <laughs> bisexuality and there's wow. the, the bisexual manifesto and even in that because we get a lot of um mm. 
accusations that bisexuals are transphobic and not trans inclusive, mm. which is not the case. But mm-hmm. even in the bisexual manifesto, it says um, one or more genders. It's not just uh, binary. Awesome. Um, so yeah, definitely learning about your history, learning about the mm-hmm. people around you. Like Lady Gaga was bisexual. Like if that doesn't empower you, I don't know what will. You know what I mean? She's a slang queen. Selfless <laughs> plug here, but on my Instagram, which is at radicallove.co.uk, there's a highlight. Yeah. And um, I did bisexual history from the beginning of time. Oh, I'm so going to watch that. Up until today. I think it needs to be updated for the last like year. Uh, but like literally yeah. back to, to Vikings to now. Um, and there's Love some it. really, really cool stuff in there. And it does just sort of... It empowers you and it makes you proud to be bisexual and yeah yeah and then another piece of advice that i would be would be find your people it can be yeah. difficult but once you find your people you've got that love you've got that support and you know yeah. you do feel like you can you can take on the world when you've got the right people around you so yeah yeah read up on your history and find the right people and you can take on the world with your big bisexual energy I love it. And you know what? The internet's such a great tool for that. And it yeah. brought you and I together. It has. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've loved chatting with you. Maybe and too. yeah. Thank you so much. What a gorgeous end to my day. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Same. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Cassie. Please let me know on my Instagram or any of my social media if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. See you next week. Peace. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.